Stay tuned for the Mind Body Health Show with Dr. Marvin Trotter. My name is Cobb. I'm pushing the buttons here at the studio, and we have our wonderful host, Dr. Marvin Trotter. Hello. Good morning, Cobb. And a uh, fun guest today, Dr. Megan McMurray. And McCurry. McCurry. I'm sorry, McCurry. No worries. And we're going to talk about skin and the sun. And since it was 109 degrees in Redwood Valley a couple of days ago, I think everybody has a little bit more thought process about the sun. But welcome, Megan. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it'll be fine. Dr. McCurry is a native Santa Rosan. Cool. And also, this is part of the residency program? Yes. Maybe you can introduce that for anyone hey. that's just yeah. tuning in, too. So this is Cobb's favorite thing, uh, bringing the residents over here to the real world in Philo and Boonville. Um, but Dr. McCurry um, is a new resident, so tell us what that's about. Yeah, so I'm one of the new interns at the Family Medicine Residency Program at Adventist Health Ukiah Valley. So it's an exciting time for me transitioning from you know medical school, where we're kind of just play acting to be doctors, to actually really being a doctor now. Right. So you're going to be in Ukiah the next three years. Yes. And you have a primary care office. Yes. And you chose family practice rather than radiology. <laughs> Why did you do that? Well, I just really love working with people. My, I was inspired, you know, both by my own parents who are registered nurses, and I love the medical field. I was born into it in a way. And by my own family practice doctor who delivered me. And was my doctor up until I went to medical school. And I loved that he was able to provide that continuity of care. And I wanted to be able to do that myself. And what was his name? Dr. Thomas Neal. And you're from Santa Rosa, and he was practiced there the whole time you grew up. Yes. Yeah, he was actually practicing in Healdsburg. Oh, that's where you were born, you said? Yeah, that's where I was born. And so you did your uh, medical school in Kentucky. Yeah, that must have been an experience. It, yeah, to say the least. It was very, it was a culture shock at first. Um, but I really loved going to medical, sc- medical school there because I got such a different perspective, not only on life, but healthcare as well. And I saw, you know, a lot of underserved populations. And, um, you know, now I can bring that with me back to Mendocino County, that perspective I got there. So as a family practice resident, you're going to. Uh, what do you what do you do the first year? You're going to be here three years. Mm-hmm. Well, the first year we kind of see a little bit of everything. We have rotations in surgery, in OB, in internal medicine. We do a little bit of everything, and that's what's great about family medicine is that you don't get bored because you do, like I said, like all, the full spectrum of care. Yeah. So um, we're going to start out talking about. Well, today I wanted to talk about, you know, skin protection from the sun. Uh, You know, even though I grew up in Santa Rosa, Mendocino County in Ukiah is so hot compared to Santa Rosa, which is closer to the coast. And, you know, it reminded me how important it is to protect your skin from the sun, especially given that it's so sunny here all the time. And Cobb and I were saying before the show, real men don't care about their skin. (laughs) So I want you to enlighten us as to why we should. Yeah, definitely. It's important for both men and women and people of all shades to protect their skin from the sun. So um, when when should we stay out of the sun? Well, see, there's a saying I like that uh, sun safety is always in season. 
So, uh, you know, most people, including myself, really only worry about the sun during the summer months. But, you know, sun can come through on a cloudy day, on a rainy day. So you need to really protect your skin from the sun during all, you know, all the seasons, all the weather, because it's always there. <laughs> I wonder, um, well, one question I have is why. But before we get into that, too, can you maybe talk about what the skin is and how it works, oh. kind of the physiology of it for people a little bit? Like the layers? Yeah, like it's an organ of the body, yes. and what's it doing? And yeah, I never think about it that You know, way. we sweat. What's that all about? The hair, all of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I can talk a little bit about it. I Yeah, I'm not a dermatologist by any means, but... Uh, you know, there's different layers of the skin. You have the epidermis, the dermis, and, you know, your epidermis is what's getting, you know, the most of the the sun. And, you know, maybe Dr. Trotter can add a little bit more to that. Not really. The UV light is what she's talking about. Yeah. And mm-hmm. is, you know, in Santa Rosa. But, you know, I got a sunburn something awful once in, on, in Padre Island in Texas on a cloudy day. Mm-hmm. So this the UV light doesn't really care if it's cloudy or not, correct? No, it doesn't. In fact, um, on cloudy days, you're still getting about 80% of the sun is coming through those clouds. On 80%? Yeah. Okay. And so why should we stay out of the sun? Because we don't want to have wrinkles? <laughs> well, you don't want to have wrinkles. You, you don't want to get skin changes that eventually lead to cancer. Um, you know, there's also another good saying that... Uh, early prevention, it, you can get, you have a curative rate of 99% of skin cancer if you detect it early enough. Wow. I also read somewhere that um, melanoma, which is what everybody's w- really concerned about, has a lot to do with uh, the sun exposure you get as a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, I thought it would be a more cumulative thing, but it's how, how sun exposed you are as a child. So tell us about melanoma, since everybody worries about that. I have a, a little thing on my head that Megan looked at and said it wasn't melanoma this morning, so I was happy about that. Yeah, I have no idea what melanoma is. Okay. Dr. McCurry, please. Okay. <laughs> so melanoma, it, it's often called the most serious skin cancer. There's different types. Most people know about melanoma, and it's concerning because it's one of the ones that is most likely to uh, go to different parts of the body and metastasize. But what happens in melanoma is it affects the melanocytes, which are what produces the melanin in your skin and gives you the color you have. So that's where that cancer is starting. Um, And it can develop from a mole you already have, or it can pop up as something new. That's why it's so important to, like, monthly check your skin. And there's another uh, mnemonic that I really like to use. It's called the ABCDEs of melanoma. And it's an easy way to remember what's important to check for when you do those monthly examinations. So A stands for asymmetry, is if you cover half the mole, does the other half look Uh, equal to it or does it look kind of odd then there's the border is it irregularly shaped does it have like scalloped edges c is for color Um, most normal moles are brown in color and it's an even brown there's not different spots with different colors d is for diameter Um, is it growing in size how big is it and E is for evolution. Do you notice the moles changing over time? Maybe you had it, you noticed it 10 years ago, and now it's a lot larger. 
or it looks different to you. So you can have a mold for that many years and it changed to melanoma? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. I, and I didn't know that either. And through my research on today's topic, I found that out. Huh. And so melanoma has a lot to do with sun exposure. It isn't uh, that's where most melanomas come from. Yeah, it's it's all about the sun exposure you have and, you know, how protected you were or not, because it, it does accumulate over time. So um, and you were saying I remember um, uh, Dr. Bradshaw is a wonderful cardiologist we had in Ukiah. Um, didn't notice that he had a spot on his back or whatever, and it was melanoma. But mm-hmm. when they discovered it, it was already metastasized, oh. and he died of metastatic melanoma. Mm-hmm. Because, like you say, if you find it early, you yeah. do a little snip and you're good. And yeah, ninety nine percent curative. Right. Yeah. But if you don't, it's a whole different story. And you know that's why it's also really important to because you know a lot of us we just check what we can see, but then there's spots like on your head or on your back or on your feet that you don't check, and it's really important to remember those areas. Get like a hand mirror and put it in the back and check it if you can. Or get naked with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> then that's what Cobb does. Yeah. Check for ticks too. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, two in one show. Ticks if and- your mole is moving around on your body, it might be about to bite you. <laughs> okay. So tell us about the other types of skin cancers because there's a lot of that on your face that I see. In yeah, there and there's different types. So there's basal cell carcinoma, there's squamous cell carcinoma, and there's something that's called actinic keratosis and that's something that's precancerous but let's talk about basal cell carcinoma because that's the most common type of skin cancer and it most often occurs in people with fair skin who don't necessarily protect themselves from the sun Um, and it's also going to occur like on areas that get the most sun like your face like we were talking about or your back or your head or your neck or your arms Um, and uh, not to freak anybody out, but one common sign is a slowly growing, non-healing spot, and sometimes it bleeds. So, basal cell carcinoma, squamous cell carcinoma, you see that a lot on people's ears and their temples and just on the top of their noses. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people that you know end up getting part of the nose whacked off because of that. Yeah, I've seen that too. I always see it on the nose. My grandma actually got it on the nose. But she was able to get it taken care of. And what's the, I don't know the difference between basal and squamous. Is there a big difference or do they have different pathologies? Or No, there's not really that much of a difference. Um, you know, it, it, the main one is that squamous cell can happen on all shades of skin tone, whereas basal cell mainly happens with um, fair skin people. Okay. Um, but like you said, you know, it just, it's the cell that it's affecting, right? The, the, the cell that the cancer gets into the type and, um, you know, it still occurs on people with sun exposed areas. So I'm out working in the sun. When should I be most worried about covering myself up or using sunscreen, that sort of thing? So you should be using it all the time, but sun's rays are most intense between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. That's when the most UVA yeah mm-hmm. um so tell us about sunscreens because i see i go to the store and i see this little baby with the dog you know showing its butt off i see a lot of sunscreen stuff but <laughs> yeah the copper tone <laughs> tell me about 
sunscreens. So, you know, before we talk about sunscreen, let's talk a little bit about UV light. Okay, and there's And there's different types. And, um, you know, we all know the sun sends energy to the earth in different ways. There's visible light, which obviously we all can see. There's infrared radiation, which is what gives us the heat from the sun. And then there's invisible rays, which are the ultraviolet or okay. UV rays. And there's two different types. Okay. So there's UVB rays, and that's mainly the ones that the sunscreen is protecting you against. And that's the main one that is going to cause you skin cancer. And then there's UVA rays. And, you know, you know, for all of the people out there, that's the ones that are going to cause, like, the premature aging, the wrinkles, the oh, sunspots. Oh, really? Two spots. different ones. Yes. Yeah. And they do different things. So your sunscreen, the ones that say broad spectrum, they're protecting you against both of those rays, the both the UVB and the UVA. So, um, so that's fascinating. So I can get wrinkles but not get cancer. Yeah. Two different types of UV yeah, and I didn't know that myself until I started researching the topic more. I thought it was very interesting. I also read some paper once a long time ago, but it's not that protective. You get a, you get the rays through even most a lot of your easy clothing. Yeah, you do, and I think that's why it's really important to not only wear sunscreen but try to wear like long sleeve shirts that are maybe darker in colors to kind of reflect off. Right. Bob, uh, a friend of mine, wears these long sleeve shirts because he's a contractor and he's out in the sun all the time yeah okay so and the other thing that you know i didn't know really is you 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 go to the store you try to get a sunscreen they all have different numbers some are 30 some are 100 so what's the one that you really want to use so let's kind of dive into what exactly that number means so if you go um to the store and you pick up an spf that says 30 what that means is that it would take you 30 times longer to burn than if you weren't wearing any sunscreen at all. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that meant either. I see the numbers, I see 100, and I think, oh, that must be the best. It's the highest one, because that's what we think in you know everyday uh, life. But actually, what they found is that people who are using higher-numbered SPF they have a false sense of security about, oh, I'm super protected. I don't need to re- reapply. But that's not necessarily true. We need to re- reapply every two hours, no matter the number that's on the SPF. And is there a minimum? I mean, should I get the 30 instead of the 15? Or or it really is a matter of reapplying it? Yeah, the Skin Cancer Foundation recommends a minimum of 30. Okay. Um. So we, okay. that's what we 30. should be using, but you can use higher numbers. But even if you're using the higher numbers, you should be reapplying every two hours. Or if you go in the pool or if you're sweating a lot, then you should reapply no matter the time. Cass always tells me I should put it on 30 minutes before I go out. Yes, that's true. Okay. What is it about sunscreen that protects us? You know, that's a good question. I'm not exactly sure. Do you know, Dr. Trotter? I would think that it's providing some sort of barrier that the uv light doesn't get to your epidermis well sure i'm just wondering yeah you know and And then 30 versus 15 i don't know yeah um there's there's different ingredients in it too um you know some are mineral based some are yeah what about the zinc i always see the badass guys you know at the beach they have these white noses from zinc and that isn't an SBF. It's just it's just yeah. a metal or something that yeah. protects your skin in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Are you aware, are, are there side effects to sunscreen? Is there anything to watch out for with sunscreen as far as other That's harmful a good, Yeah, Lynn, Lynn Meadows tells me she, she's worried about all this stuff in sunscreen, but I've never seen any reports of bad sunscreen. Yeah, well, you know, I, w- I was looking into that because I've heard people say, you know, I don't want to use sunscreen because I've heard it causes cancer. I'd rather just take my risk with the sun. And so I looked into that a little bit more, and all the recommendations say that the risk of not using sunscreen is greater than the risk of using it and getting right. cancer. Well, it was interesting. I was in Australia once uh, many years ago with my daughter, and I w- went past an elementary school and all the little elementary school's kids had floppy hats on and long sleeve shirts playing outside. And I was shocked. But they said it was because they had the highest melanoma rate in the, in the world from the ozone gap that apparently affects Australia a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think that the people that are smart are just wearing the floppy hats or something to keep the sun off their face and shoulders and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure well, you do that, Cobb. I like to wear a good floppy hat. I found one on the ground recently, and someone reminded me to watch out for the scarecrow that was going to come and beat me up for taking their hat. Hey, I have, I have a question about the, the history of sunscreen. Um, how long have we been using that as humans, and you know, when did it come about that we need to wear sunscreen, and like, what was it what, like? Did something happen to our bodies? Is it more, you know, human climate change? We've screwed up the atmosphere and now this light's getting through? Or do you know anything about that? You know, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I think, you know, uh, you know how back in the day, like many, you know, centuries ago, it was very attractive to be very pale and people always wore the umbrellas and they had long dresses and long sleeves and it wasn't as much of a concern because they weren't trying to get dark. But then you have in our society where tanning became really, really right. popular and looking like a nice golden brown. And I think maybe that's where sunscreen came into play a little bit more because people weren't protecting themselves because they were trying to look darker. Uh, I have a friend in high school that I was in homeschool with, home class with for four years. And Barbie was one of these people that went out and used a reflector. And she was just completely brown all the time. And I saw her at one of our high school reunions, and she was just wrinkled to death. Yeah, yeah, no, my aunt actually, she she used to be a lifeguard, and she said while she was lifeguarding, she would put baby oil on her skin right. to try to absorb it more, and then, you know, you had them putting lemon juice in their hair to get the blonde highlights, so it's kind of interesting to see how culturally things change and how that affects our health. Uh, and on that note, is is watching out for skin cancer, putting on sunscreen, is that something limited to fair skin like whether we're white black brown skin i mean how significant is that difference it it can be significant um in general fair skin people are more at risk but people who are brown black they are at risk too it's just their melanin gives them a little bit more protection but it's recommended that they still wear sunscreen and what is it about tanning is tanning protecting us those tanning booths well, I don't know about horrible. tanning booths, but like the natural tan that develops over time for people in the summer. It, I, I think, 
tanning in general, it, you know, your skin, it's a response that your skin's trying to protect you because it knows that something damaging is coming. So mm. you shouldn't overdo it and you should still be safe about it. You should still wear sunscreen. But it's true. You know, every summer I don't want to be such a white boy. I want, <laughs> you know, some color to my face mm. and being a guy, of course, you know, that's okay to work outside. How harmful is sunburn? I mean, we know the risk for cancer long term, but like immediate quality of life, you know, a lot of people have been sunburned and it's uncomfortable, right. but is there like other health risks associated with know. that we should know about? Yeah, I, I mean, sunburns, obviously, they're uncomfortable, and the more sunburns you get over time, it's kind of like the cumulative risk we were talking about, that it will contribute to precancerous lesions or even cancerous lesions. Yeah. And again, it's a lot of this has to do with how much sun you get before you're 18. And it's, um, you know, in Mendocino County, everybody's out in the sun all the time as a kid. And that's really when you get a lot of this lesions. And believe it or not, we were talking about truck drivers. I saw a picture mm -hmm. of a truck driver once whose left arm and left side of his face was just annihilated. But his right arm and right side of his face looked like it was a different person. Oh, and wow. I do think that you get more sun than you might think. Uh, mm -hmm. getting around the other thing i would argue is that everybody should be wearing uh sunglasses mm -hmm. i mean you know some of these larger sunglasses that protect your yeah the, the wraparound sunglasses that actually say they have uv protection oh yeah mm -hmm. oh they were made that way yeah okay good so that's double thing we're talking with megan mccurry here who's a family practice resident yeah, thanks, Marvin. So, yeah, if you just tuned in, this is KZYX Radio. Uh, my name's Cobb. I'm uh, engineering here. Our host is Dr. Marvin Trotter, and our guest today is Dr. Megan McCurry, a resident with AHUV, and we have been focusing on uh, sun exposure and skin cancer and preventing skin cancer and reducing sun exposure. Um, if you have a question we can open up the phone lines at some point and the number to call in uh is going to be 707-895-2448 um and we'll open up those phone lines okay. pretty soon here okay. for general questions um but yeah just get that number out there folks 895-2448 so what i've heard this morning it's 10 to 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. is when I should be most concerned. I should reapply my sunscreen. Yes. And it should be at least SPF 30? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and it doesn't matter if it has a little girl on the bottle or not? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's all up to you what you prefer, what feels good on your skin. So what is healthy sun exposure we learn about yeah. vitamin d yeah you want some yeah you do want some because you know we need the sun to make vitamin d and you know maybe if you are trying to really protect yourself and you're not in the sun a lot then you know supplements the way to go but you know i feel like the sun is both good for your, your body and sometimes your mind it feels good to be out in the sun and doing things and feeling the warmth so you know i i think everything in moderation is the way to go they say that when I drink tequila, everything in moderation. Um, but that's true. I um, I can't tell you how many people, uh, there's study after study that shows that depression is much less if you're outside and seeing some green and, you know, taking a walk, et cetera, et cetera. I guess you oh, should yeah. just don't do it at 2 p.m. Well, <laughs> so does sunscreen affect 
vitamin D production at all or no. these other effects? It no. does not. It does not. Huh. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, we I, can, oh, yeah, let's sorry, not to interrupt right, you, but one no, of the things um, that we didn't talk about is, you know, what do you do if you do get a sunburn? And what she, uh, you know, I grew up like put aloe on it right away and keep applying and that works for a lot of people. But I think the thing that, you know, including myself, I forget is that hydration is the most important thing to keep drinking water as soon as you get that sunburn because it's actually bringing the heat to the skin and you're trying to evaporate it through sweating to cool off. So you really need to remember to keep hydrating. Okay. I didn't know that one. And maybe this is a good time to go over just general skin care for everybody out there. Like, what what do you recommend? And, and also I'm wondering, as a family practice doctor, what are you checking out about your patient's skin overall related to any kind of health oh, well, for their body? You know, I'm looking, do they have any rashes? Are they hydrated? Is their skin turgor? Um do they have any new spots on their bodies that they've noticed that I can see? You know, when I look at a patient and I, I do, I see a bruise or a new wound, I always ask them how they got it. And I think that's really important, too. You mentioned the term turgor, skin turgor. Can you tell us about that? Um, it's just like the, like the, you know, if you hold up your skin, does it stay up or does it immediately go back down? And that kind of relates to the hydration. Mm-hmm. Are you hydrated enough? Or are you dehydrated? So if we get listeners out there, they're going to pinch their skin now. What are they lo- looking for as far as determining whether or not they're hydrated? If their skin stays up and doesn't go immediately back down, if it's not elastic enough, then they're, they need to be drinking more water. More water. Yeah. Or Dr. Pepper. And, and that's anywhere on the skin or like the knuckle skin? Or I usually do, do it on the arm. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think uh-huh. that's where most people test. Mm-hmm. What about um, calluses? Are calluses a healthy, you know, for people that work in the garden or work with tools all day or walk around barefoot, they develop calluses, say, on their feet, their knuckles, what have you? Yeah. Are those healthy? Is that good? I think, it. Like you know, longer. if it's like your body's response to, like, your, you know, what you do in your daily activities. And I think as long as they don't build up to the point where they're uncomfortable... It's okay, because I see a lot of people who maybe are trying out a new shoe, and they get a callus, and then it's kind of affecting the way they walk. And in that way, those calluses, that's not as good. Okay. What about uh, blisters from burning? Do we Are they good to leave in place if possible? Is it something that... Yeah, what's your take on that? I, I mean, I've seen a lot of patients pop them, and I do not recommend doing that. You, you kind of want to leave it alone and let your body take that fluid back into itself and if it's not going away you know go see your primary care doctor go see me so blisters a form of the body protecting that part of the body at that moment okay Mm -hmm. got it so how do we go see you what's the out of somebody wants to go see dr mccurry Uh, well you just need to call the clinic um erica does a lot of the scheduling um I don't know the number off the top of my head, but if you just Google it, I'm sure the number will come up. Okay. And we do have some callers, so if you're out there listening and you have a question for our guest, uh, especially related to skin and uh, skin care and that kind of thing, uh, call 707-895-2448. 
Welcome to the Mind Body Health Show. You're live on the radio. Thank you. Um, uh, one comment to Dr. Trotter in Australia, they happen to have a lot of people, a higher percentage than here, of people with uh, naturally pale skin from the British Isles and mm-hmm. Ireland. Mm-hmm. I think it's part of their problem. Probably so. Um, uh, there was a, uh, back in the day, some of the concern about the ingredients of sunscreen not being healthy was about the delivered ingredients, but uh, I believe there was recently a spate of concern about uh, detecting uh, the chemical uh, pollutant benzene in uh, in various brands and uh, styles of sunscreen, and uh, that's quite a a dangerous chemical. Do do you have any uh, update or information about that situation? I'll take it off the air. Thanks. Thanks for the question. Yeah, and you know, that is a really good question, and I'm not sure about the research on that. I will have to look into that more. Thank you for asking. So it's possible um, if we do some research, there there's something worth I know, knowing about. The 30 years I've been doing this, um, I haven't seen any evidence of there's some, you know, I would be more worried about the UVA and B lights uh radiation rather than the benzene because you're well, talking about s- small amounts as yeah. an individual maybe there's like some collective thing yeah. you can say yeah. about as know. far as benzene sure okay go ahead welcome to the mind body health show go Hi, ahead with your morning. question um i was wondering if uh your guest your doctor can tell uh, us about the difference between eczema and psoriasis, especially on how they present. And then a second question is, during COVID, are you seeing um, uh, skin rashes as a um, COVID symptom? And I'll take my answers on the air. Thank you. I'll I'll try to do eczema and psoriasis. I don't know. This isn't a dermatology show, uh, you know. <laughs> but maybe you want to yeah, find a dermatologist sure. for right. your future. So eczema cool. and psoriasis. Psoriasis is the easy one. Psoriasis develops on your knees and elbow. It's white, thickened skin. It doesn't go away. You know, you're sort of cursed with psoriasis. Eczema kind of comes and goes, and I think it depends on what. Uh, your problem is you can treat it with steroid creams or you know different things that cause the eczema. Uh, my son had a lot of eczema as a little boy and has no problems with it now. Uh, but psoriasis is something that you're kind of stuck with your whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my understanding as well. Okay. Um, and you know, relating to the COVID vaccine, are, are you talking about the COVID vaccine and getting a rash, or getting COVID and a rash? COVID and rash. Okay, I I have not seen that personally in the hospital. I haven't seen any COVID rashes either. There's yeah. a lot of problems with lymph nodes yeah. with COVID, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't seen any rashes. I've had some definite uh, skin discomfort, depending on the masks I use long term. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was about. Well, usually you should use clean masks that you didn't get from the you know car repair shop, you know. So right. they, you know you could select. You know, yeah, could have been just mask. a different mask. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, so Doctor McCurry, I wonder if you could tell us um, about skin care and what you know about in general, just 
what's a good, you know, what do you do for your skin? What do you recommend your patients do just in general beyond wearing sunscreen in the sun? I think it's important to, you know, wash your face at least daily. I like to wash my face twice a day. And, you know, depending on uh, half the population that, or all the population that wears makeup, you know, you want to take that off because that can build up and, you know, clog your pores. So I like to wash that off at the end of the day. And I think using moisturizer is so key and it's something we don't really like to do, but your skin needs to be taken care of just like any other organ in the body. It needs nutrients. It needs hydration. So those are my recommendations. Cool. Thanks. Um, another question I have, and again, if you want to call in uh, listeners with a question, you can dial 707-895-2448. Um, a question I have, uh, we talked about you know, maybe a T-shirt doesn't protect us from UV rays. Are you aware of, like, how much clothing does it really take to protect us from the sun? As far as, you know, maybe I don't have a chance to put on sunscreen every two hours. For people out just, you know, working, whether or not doing agricultural work or whatever, they know, like, hey, I'm going to be out all day in the sun. Yeah, I just recommend, you know, one layer can add a lot of protection and, you know, making sure that they're long sleeve, long sleeve pants, wide brimmed hats. And, you know, they're coming out with more and more clothing that actually has built in sun protection. Not exactly sure how that works, but I've seen it advertised quite a bit. Okay, we have another caller. Go ahead with your question. You're live on the radio. Hi, I just had a comment. Uh. Uh, every year or so, Consumer Reports uh, does a review of sunscreens and analyzes them and recommends which, uh, which ones are uh, better. So that might be something for people to take a look at. Yeah, and I, thank you for the call. Mm-hmm. Um, good lookup. Um, I think they're a good, you know, magazine. I've been uh, e- uh, looking up on Google. Apparently, the aerosolized sunscreens have mm-hmm. benzene in them oh okay so that's why we're not you know i don't think of aerosolized yeah. uh, aerosol sunscreens but apparently that's the problem with benzene not so much the the uh, actual ingredient creams, in the cream but it's aerosolized uh, so sunscreen spray on spray on, on. yeah wow. it's the problem so i would yeah. look into the benzene thing so sunscreens usually some kind of a, a lotion that's applied Right. Yeah. Is that a moisturizer as well? Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's mainly sunscreen, but it can moisturize your skin. I know when I use it, I feel like it gives my skin like a nice thick barrier and also moisturizes it. And I actually recommend the creams over the aer- aerosolized ones because I've seen so many people just kind of spray in their direction and it's going into the wind versus their actual body. So... <laughs> You know, when you put it across your cheeks, you got yeah. it. And is sunscreen something that it's important to wash off later once you're out of the sun? Does it matter? No, it, it, it doesn't matter. You know. Cool. You know, I, I, I think the important messages here is wear a hat, think about it when you're out in the sun, and then use sunscreen when it's appropriate. You know, it's, um, and the last thing is to check. Yeah. for lesions that's the tragedy i'll tell you one story um i was in medical school and my friend rob and i were at a swimming pool in the summer and i noticed this little black dot on my friend's chest mm-hmm. um 
and he was 25 years old or something like that. And I looked at it and looked at it, and you ought to go over the ABCDE thing again. Okay. But um, I was worried about it and because he had this black irregular dot. And how long has that been there? Only a few months. I, I think I ought to go see somebody about it. And I said, yes, I think you should see somebody as soon as possible. And he asked me how soon. And I said, before you go to the bathroom again. And he had a melanoma. But, as you say, Dr. McCurry, he had a complete incision, a football-shaped cut around it. And today, he's still alive and just has a scar on his chest. But go over the ABCDE, because I think a lot of people... Um, in my experience, let these lesions sit there for months and months and months without yeah. ever going to see anybody. Yeah, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. If you don't look at it, you know, it's not really there. But I think, you know, in medical school, I got by with so many mnemonics and they helped me remember things. So I am happy to share that with you again. It's called the ABCDEs. A stands for asymmetry is one half like the other. B stands for border. Is it a perfect circle or is it irregularly shaped with poorly defined borders? And we're talking about we're talking about like moles or yeah. unusual growths or new appearances on our skin. Mm-hmm, like yeah. moles or skin spots. Maybe it's like completely flat, but it's new and you've never seen it before. Got it. Um, the other thing to look for is color. Most normal skin spots or moles are uh, like a regular shade of brown, and they're all brown. They're not like one side is dark brown and the other is light brown. That's not good. You want it to all be the same color. Diameter, if the mole is larger than the size of like a pencil eraser, you should definitely get it checked out. And evolution, have you noticed it changing over time? Is it getting bigger? Is it changing in color? And when we say get it checked out, is that like we go to our family practice doctor? Or do we need to make an appointment with a specialist? I would go to a primary care because they'll know right away pretty much what needs to be biopsied or what they're worried about. Because after you've seen a bunch of them, you know what's irregular. And what's that process like? I mean, what's that timeline potentially like if somebody does these ABCs? They notice something on oh, their body. I, would, I wouldn't worry about it tomorrow, but they ought to see somebody within the month. And, and how long can that process go as far as getting a biopsy, getting it analyzed, and finding out about it? I think it just really depends on a lot of factors because, you know, even if we do like a shave biopsy, we take a part of it, we send it in, then it, you mm-hmm. know, it goes to path and they tell us what is it. Or maybe we feel like it's better uh, managed by a dermatologist, then it kind of depends how long it takes to get in with them. Got it. Okay. But it just takes you a few days. If you. Do a shave biopsy. They'll tell you within a few days whether you're concerned or not. And if it is something, then somebody like a dermatologist is going to do a wider incision, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have a caller that's been waiting for us. Are you still there with us, caller? I am still here. Hey, thanks for waiting. Uh, go ahead with yeah. your question. This is a, an interesting show, and I appreciated the opening question about what is the skin? You know, it is the largest organ in the body. So I have a couple of comments and a question. Um, one of the things that I've learned about the skin is that it's like our barrier to the outside world. It, it protects us from infection, and it has a microbiome. So, like, we have all kinds of microbes that live on us, which is kind of an interesting new science. Um, and also it allows us to sweat, which allows us to run. And I think we're one of the only mammals that 
can run for really long distances. Um, other, like, ungulates and animals like that, once they get to a certain heat, uh, they have to stop and pant. And mm-hmm. it's allowed us to be a really great predator, um, which I learned recently. That was kind of interesting. My question is about nutrition. Um, I've noticed that my by vitamins that I take. So maybe you have something to offer about um, how we might feed our skin. Okay, thanks for the question. Thank you. Thanks. I have no idea how you feed your skin. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure either. I haven't looked into it. Be a vegetarian. (laughs) Actually, somebody showed me that vegetarians do much better with COVID infections. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've I've um I've seen the research on that, but I actually recently talked to someone that the that the diet that's not so good for COVID is the keto diet. Oh really? Yeah, they've I noticed see. that people on the keto diet actually do poorer in terms of Yeah. And know. my thing when I saw four intubated patients in the ICU last October all four of them were uh, obese diabetics, mm. so that's a bad thing. I do want to talk a little bit more about family practice, but we have another call. Yeah, well, we have another call, and just general, it sounds like good skin health is general health. It sounds like finding a dermatologist or a nutritionist that focuses on the skin would be fun for yeah. our audience, so maybe we can follow up with that. Um, and we do have another caller. You're live on Mind Body Health. Go ahead with your question. Oh, hi. It's me again. Um, I just thought I'd mention um, that I think there's a role in vitamin C in the health of the skin. And I think vitamin D also is a supplement that affects the health of the skin. So I, I know people might want to yeah. follow up with that. Okay. Thank you again for the show. Sure. Thanks. Nutrition is important. But um, I'd like you to talk to us about why did you go into family practice? Because I think there's a huge need for primary care that isn't, uh, that, you know, people call me up all the time for regular questions, and it's because they don't have a primary care doctor. So why didn't you become a dermatologist? (laughs) Well, I like to do a little bit of everything. I. You know, even now in the clinic, I've had patients come back to me after one appointment, and I just love to be able to see them again and manage their whole health and not just a small part of their life. Um, And, you know, I get to see all ages, too, and I love that. I love babies. I love little kids. I love adults. I love the geriatric population. And you get to do a little bit of that in um, family practice. And personally, I'm someone who gets bored doing the same thing every day. And family practice kind of gives me the variety that I crave. So you can take care of Alzheimer's and babies' ear infections and uh, women's health and all in the same day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're going to be doing a residency for three years. Is there, um, you had mentioned to me that you wanted to stay in the area because you were a native from Santa Rosa. Yeah, I'm from Santa Rosa, but I love Mendocino County so far. I love living in Ukiah. There's a huge need for primary care here and I want to be able to stay and contribute to the community that I basically grew up in. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We Uh, got a, we have a caller. Okay, go ahead. Oh, call back. Yeah, so if you have a question today on Mind Body Health, 
here on KZYX Radio. Uh, our host is, of course, Dr. Marvin Trotter, ER doctor extraordinaire, very experienced in the county. And then our guest is Dr. Megan McCurry, part of the residency program at Adventist Health Ukiah Valley. And uh, we're focusing on skin and skin care today, but if you have any questions for either of them, you can call in uh, 707-895-2448. And they will do their best to answer your question. Welcome, caller. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Um, hi. Um, first of all, I just want to say I think it's a really interesting topic and really needed. Um, my question is, I see a lot of um, new mothers out walking their babies, and I don't really see them protecting um, the baby's skin or eyes or anything like that. I just, is that really important? Because you talk about the age. Shouldn't it start like then? And I'll just listen. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Yeah, it is really important. You know, you want to shade your baby. You want to, like, have them wear protective clothing and make sure it's covered because a lot of times I too see people walking their babies around and you know they're kind of squinting from the sun and you know that it's very important yeah have a little shake uh, what do you call it in the stroller where you pull it over yeah so where their face is shaded i think is best Mm-hmm. cool um you know i'm just thinking adding in here again if if a listener has a question uh especially about skin and skin care call 707-895-2448 and something that I just is coming to me um as far as sunburn goes and protecting the eyes. Um I've definitely felt kinda of taxed from the sun before in my eyes, but what I know about is mostly from welding, which again is UV exposure. And I didn't take that seriously once getting exposed to oh, that um, really hurt your eyes. Yeah. yeah, and I literally was just kind of flipping the mask down and getting barely a second of that raw exposure to the the welding light which is a really intense close blast and what it did was the next day i really had trouble opening my eyes and it felt gravelly Mm. and so that's just something that i know that i've been out in the sun for long Mm -hmm. periods uh even as a kid at the swimming pool and all of a sudden it recalled to me all these moments where i'd felt kind of like thinking there was something in my eyes and i'm pretty sure it was just you know, mild sunburn mm-hmm. to the eyes. So, yep. just an anecdote there for folks. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Hello. Am I on? You are live on the air. Go ahead with your question. Okay, I just wanted to comment on uh, what you can do to uh, to uh, help your skin, to help to uh, feed nutrients or whatever medication to your skin for various problems. I've been using lavender water or uh, alcohol extracted with, with water, lavender and comfrey, and there are other herbs that are good, but those work for, the lavender is good for aroma and uh, soothing the itching and for uh, funguses and for uh, just general cooling uh, and heat. And uh, so that's the lavender. The comfrey is very good 
sore, healing wounds, like uh, cuts, bruises, this and that. Uh, I had a, a I had a cut in my heel that lasted for eight months. Uh, it wouldn't go away. It just kept getting worse and worse. I went to a, uh, a doctor. He gave me sob. It didn't do anything. I put the comfrey leaf on there. Uh, with a cup over the crack to keep uh, to keep the crack from being uh, aggravated by uh, bumping it and so on. And within, within okay. a few days, it was feeling great. Good. I took it off, and, and uh, it, everything was good. It did come back again. Thank, thank you for the call. Uh, so uh, that sounds like a good skincare, the comfy. Uh, comfrey, comfrey, mm-hmm. and I've even been told that la- spray lavender on your pillow to sleep at night. Yeah, I've heard that too, and I've I've actually done it. It does; it's soothing and it helps you kind of fall asleep because you're more relaxed. Okay, I'd like la- um, the last few minutes. I'd really like to talk a little bit more about primary care because I was trained as a internal medicine doctor, and I don't think people realize that. Uh, having a primary care doctor, when you have a lump in your breast, when you have a skin lesion, when you don't realize your blood pressure is high, you know, what are you doing with your child's um, skin, mm-hmm. uh, immunizations, um, pregnancy, um, dementia, diabetes, diabetic care. A primary care doctor, you know, it isn't just that you're going to somebody to to have a skin lesion cut off. Your primary care doctor is supposed to know 80% of what cardiology and neuro and GI and all these people, you know, have. Mm-hmm. And it's a very challenging, needed per, uh, profession. And I just wanted to say thank you for going into primary care. <laughs> well, yeah, you're welcome. It's, I'm happy to do it. It's what I wanted to do. And I think it's so important when people have a regular primary care because they have better health outcomes overall. And it, I, I felt like my own primary care doctor was an extended part of my family because he essentially grew up with me. He knew my health from birth to adulthood. And, you know, that's so important because I have a lot of patients who say, you know, I don't want to go to a different doctor every time. I want to see the same person because they know me. I don't have to just explain my whole health background again and again. And the primary care doctor knows when you need to go see the cardiologist or the dermatologist, too. Right. They get to know your your regular normal, such as a nuanced individual. And whether you need that mental health consult or not. Right. God knows that Cobb and I both should have gotten more care earlier on. We have a caller here. Welcome to Mind Body Health. Go ahead with your question. Hi. Thanks for uh, letting me in there. Um, Yeah, I I know you all were focusing more on primary care, but I wanted to touch a base a little bit on the eyes see if you all have any you know more information in that you know one of my children was born with a visual acuity problem um and so you know because of reduced vision you know the doctors talked to us extensively about protecting her eyes especially you know the, the one that's in really good shape and part of that was about the sun and sunglasses and that, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of companies that make claims of UVA and B protected lenses and that there's not really a regulatory structure that, you know, verifies that. Um, and, and so, because 
you know, what was explained to us is that, you know, if, if you have a sunglass that doesn't actually have the UV protection that the, you know, your pupil opens up larger and allows more rays of the sun in because of the shadow of the glass mm-hmm. or the lens. That, that's, okay. a good, that's a good point. If you get dark glasses, you should look for one that has appropriate uh, protection. That's yeah, a good point. That is a good point. Are there any labels or certifications you're aware of that are medically uh, sponsored or no, go places to, to go research? Go to Triple S Optical and Ukiah and ask them which sunglasses to get. No. I think you could go <laughs> online and look for UVA and B protected sunglasses. But there's no That's, official standard at all. Not that for. I've seen on sunglasses. I haven't seen that Just on sunglasses Just pulling them either. off the store. Yeah. I would presume if they're protected, they would have some sort of advertisement on them. Yeah, I yeah. think like any product you use, it's important to do your research. Um, sun is a big deal, and had you know a lot of these topics have come up like at the eyes that I hadn't really thought about when we were talking about skin problems. Um, um, the I want to talk a little bit about the residency program because there's six news residents every year. We're going to have more programs with residents. These people are going to be here for three years, and hopefully. Half of them are going to stay. So I want you to look at who you're seeing, if you're seeing anybody for primary care. And if not, hook up with one of these new young doctors. They also have uh, faculty that supervise them. And I think you're going to be very happy if you have somebody that knows you for three years or longer, like Dr. McCurry, because it will be great for your health. And are the the residents all based in Ukiah? Is there any... Coastal availability right yes. now? Yes, you can right. do rotations. I'm up in Covalo. They can mm-hmm. come do a Covalo rotation with Round Valley Indian Health Clinic. They now also have one in Boonville at Anderson Valley, and they're starting one in Fort Bragg. So they do have one or two months during their uh, residence where they can go visit the rest of the county, correct? Yeah, that's correct. That's great news. So that and that's kind of been an ongoing development, right? So there's 18 residents now, mm-hmm. okay, and they all are doing different things. They get to choose some electives and where if they want to go to Anderson Valley to do a rotation as well, because Mark Apfel, even though after 99 years of being at Anderson Valley, would love to have a <laughs> new resident there. Yeah, and and now the program's been going for what? This going is on two third years? Year. Yeah, this third is, year? Yeah, we're on our third year, so now we have a full set. Of first, second, and third year residents. Mm-hmm. So yes. when will the first group that started it be completing their residency? At the end of this year. At the yeah. end of this in, year. In June, in next June, year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The end of this residency year. And, and since that, because I remember when that was beginning, have there been any major changes other than adding in these rotations? Sounds like kind of a newer development. No, just some new rotations. We've gotten some great new faculty. Mm-hmm. How many folks do you know are planning to stick around after that? I don't Anybody? know the third years that well. Yeah. I know that Kara and and um, yeah, Eberhardt, me and Kara want to stay. You know. And you're also pretty local already, though, too. Yeah, and Kara's yeah. from the Bay Area and wants to stay. Cool. Well, she already bought news. a house in West Ukiah. That yeah. was one of or the distant West Ukiah. Yeah. Long-term hopes of the program. Well, that's the thing. Without this program, I don't know if people realize, without this program, it is a hopeless situation. 
that there's not near enough primary care doctors in the country. Everybody is going into derm, anesthesia, radiology, or ENT, and it's not what we need in Mendocino County. So the hopes is that 50% of the residents would stay somewhere locally. Um, and, you know, there's a program in Reading and one in Eureka that hopefully will repopulate. When I came to town, there were eight internists, and now there's only one. Right, and that's part of the reason we're emphasizing this residency program on this show and why you care so much about it is because this is a nationwide problem. Right. And, and we so want we're to, very lucky to have it here. And as Cobb says, we want them exposed to the real thing at the Philo studio. <laughs> so she enjoyed her drive over. Yeah, and by that we don't mean uh, COVID, folks. We're talking good quality uh, radio experience, which we hope you've enjoyed. Um, thanks for coming all the way out here, Dr. Megan McCurry. Well, thank you for having me. It's been an honor to be on the show. Thanks for coming over, Dr. Sure. Marvin Trotter. Thanks for running the show, Cobb. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetson Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.